Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Statues are coming down in cities all over the country. And in San Francisco, we're having a statue debate of our own. Except it's not about whether to tear one down, but whether to put one up. This week, the San Francisco Arts Commission will restart a process of finding an artist to create a monument of poet Maya Angelou. That's after concern that the originally selected piece was not a traditional statue. Today, the debate around how to honor women in public spaces in the era of toppling statues. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. I've been following this story about the Maya Angelou statue, which was which has been billed by the city as the exciting first monument in a series that would elevate women to basically correct the gender imbalance. There are nearly 90 statues of real life men in San Francisco versus, you know, two or three of women. Chloe Beltman covers arts and culture for KQED. This all begins right after the 2016 election win by Donald Trump. A huge crowd gathered for the Women's March on Washington. It was expected to be the largest of hundreds of demonstrations around the world today. There was a sort of a groundswell around trying to get more representation of women in the public sphere. There was such a groundswell that in 2018, San Francisco supervisors passed an ordinance to increase the number of women honored through monuments, street names, buildings, and other public spaces. The goal was to get 30% female representation by the end of 2020, coinciding with the 100th anniversary of the amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which granted women the right to vote. Why was this sort of the proposed fix to this problem of representation in San Francisco? Like, why why monuments? Why statues? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting question. And I think that they wanted specifically women to be honored in the same way as men have been honored traditionally. I want my daughter to walk by a significant place in San Francisco and see a woman in the same way that a man has been depicted for years. 
Catherine Stephanie, who's the district supervisor too in San Francisco and was responsible for pushing through that legislation, is very clear about that fact. I mean, she says she has a daughter. She wants to be able for her daughter to see these representations of women in the same light as men would have been represented. Mm -hmm. There's men represented all over, not just San Francisco, but all over uh, in statue-like form as if, you know, they are to be looked up to and held up in high regard. But there's none of women. Maya Angelou was considered to be a fantastic fit for this first monument honoring women. Phenomenal woman. That's my mother and all your mothers, and my grandmothers, and your grandmothers, and my great grandmothers, and your greats, and my great greats, and your and all you women and me. Because Maya Angelou is an extremely important icon, poet, civil rights leader an author, an artist, um, extremely famous, but also has deep ties to San Francisco. She lived here, she was a streetcar driver here, and she often frequented the public library, which is the site of where they're planning to put the monument to her. And how many artists responded to this call from the Arts Commission? Well, they got 111 applications. There were three finalists, but really the competition came down to these two proposals. Um, The one which the Visual Arts Panel strongly recommended by Lava Thomas was this nine-foot-tall book with Maya Angelou's face etched on the cover. The second proposal, which was very highly favoured by members of the public who weighed in, as well as by Guy Johnson, Maya Angelou's son, um, was by New York artist Jules Arthur. And it consisted of two figurines, both representing Maya Angelou. One was an adult Maya Angelou sitting at a typewriter. Another one was a young Maya Angelou sort of twirling about and reading a book. So the Visual Arts Panel gave the highest ranking to the Lava Thomas Monument of Maya Angelou. And in August, the panel met to go forward with the recommendation. We're here for the Visual Arts Committee meeting on Wednesday, August 21st. The August 21st meeting of the Visual Arts Panel was significant because the arts panel had made their vote. They were really just going to have to a discussion to sort of seal the deal for themselves, to say, yes, this is the one we want. But things sort of fell apart. The panel started asking whether they needed to get artists to resubmit proposals. The commissions found problems with the top two choices. For example, the Lava Thomas proposal wasn't the public's first choice. It might be worth it, especially because there was such strong public comment in favor of this proposal. So despite the visual arts panel nearly unanimously picking the Lava Thomas proposal, they didn't vote. And instead, they went back to discussion. And in the end, they couldn't make a decision. My recommendation would be to have um, both artists actually resubmit their proposals. Normally speaking, it's very straightforward. The artist that gets the highest uh, pick from the panel normally ends up getting the green light. You know, there are a couple more hoops to jump. They tend to be formalities. And uh, that's what Lava Thomas expected. She was expecting to get the green light. But that didn't happen. And why? Well, (laughs) you know, 
I'm still trying to figure <laughs> that out. It's a really interesting, rather murky tale. There seems to be a bunch of finger pointing involved, lots of insider politics. I mean, basically what happened was Lava Thomas tells me she can get no information. She's left hanging. And the same thing with, with the runner up, Jules Arthur, who had been called up by somebody at the Arts Commission and told, thank you very much for your proposal. You haven't been accepted. But then got a communication later, apparently telling him he was back in the running. Everyone's scratching their heads. What's going on? Two months go by. Chloe says there's a lot of background politics happening in this two-month period in San Francisco City Hall. Then you get to this meeting on October 16th, where basically the other shoe dropped. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. I'm Catherine Stephanie. It was full of people from the arts community. I have never seen a glamour-looking room full of arts professionals in my entire life. What happened at the beginning of this meeting was that Catherine Stephanie, District 2 supervisor, who had pushed the legislation enabling these statues through, shows up and basically tells the Arts Commission, you've got to stop your process. I'm ordering you to start this over. I feel like the only fair way to move forward here is to give all the artists a chance to meet the legislative intent by issuing a new RFP with clear criteria that adheres to the legislative intent. I want to thank you for your thoughtful consideration, and I look forward to continuing our work together on this very important piece of public art. Thank she walks into the meeting, she makes a speech, she leaves. And the reason she gave was because top pick that this visual arts panel had picked to go forwards was not essentially a statue. The legislation I wrote was clear that the Maya Angelou statue be a significant figurative representation of Maya Angelou. Then she drops the mic and leaves. So then there is a lot of public comment, different people getting up, You've got the people who say we don't need statues at all. But then you have the other people, people in the arts community, who say, well, all right, monuments, public art is great, but why an old-fashioned statue? Why can't we do something more contemporary if we're trying to uplift women? Why do it in a way that kind of harks back to this sort of colonial, oppressive, tyrannical, uh, Eurocentric tradition of the traditional bronze statue? We should be doing something new. Yes, this proposal, Lava's proposal, is challenging conventions of sculpture and of monument uh, representation. And that's exactly what we want our art to do. And if it makes you feel... Temperatures ran high. Because I think what has happened is hella shady. It's hella shady. Everyone in the room actually was very, very upset that this was happening. I just want to say that I am extremely disappointed. What does Lava Thomas have to say about what old-fashioned statues sort of symbolize? Lava Thomas very passionately spoke about how uh, these types of statues represent, you know, colonial oppression, essentially. Colonial monuments are based on that we are here discussing this in this city, San Francisco, that's known for its progressive politics. Lava Thomas spoke very, very forcefully there about how insulting it was. I didn't apply during the open call. I was invited, thinking that my work and my vision would be valued. And then to be treated like this, I'm sorry, San Francisco. 
Francisco, you don't deserve me. But it was all for naught. What happened at the end of that meeting, after a lot of people shared their thoughts and feelings and passions, was that the, uh, the Arts Commission decided they were going to start over. You know, you essentially have, it seems, a sort of a rift between people in the arts world who understand figurative representation differently to perhaps people from the lay world who think of a figurative representation really as a traditional statue. And that's what Catherine Stephanie and Margot Kelly and all those people that drafted the legislation thought they were going to get. Um, But for people in the arts world, this idea of a traditional statue is so old fashioned and so representative of the old world order, the colonial order, the order that San Francisco is trying as a city, I suppose, to change. So it seemed terribly, um, I suppose, ironic to um, the arts community that the sponsors of this project would want to use such an old fashioned colonial tool to basically do this um, forward-thinking, progressive thing. But it feels like um, sort of maybe at a, at a more philosophical level that this debate that's happening in San Francisco is really about, like, if the city or if we as artists want to uplift women, and in this case specifically a black woman, how can we re- reimagine public art in a way that honors that difference? Right. I mean, there's certainly a lot of work to be done here, right? Because I think one thing that this whole debacle reveals is that there are probably problems with the system, right? Maybe at this point, we need to really examine, is a panel of experts with some kind of public input on paper that they can either look, you know, choose to accept or ignore? Is that the best way to go forward at this point? Maybe the system needs to be revised. Then there are questions too about how well educated is the public in terms of thinking about art? You know, should we have uh, more sophisticated views about how to represent women? You know, is a traditional statue the way to go? Should we be more accepting, more excited by uh, projects that are perhaps a bit more conceptual, a bit more abstract, perhaps ask the viewer to think a little bit more, to be a bit more thoughtful? Um, So there are those questions too. And then, of course, the larger issue of, you know, why even bother with statues at all, right? Mm-hmm. Is it helpful? Should we be spending this $400,000 on something else? Chloe says this story is not just about how women should be represented in public art, but also the public process, how we determine what art gets put in public spaces and who gets to decide. Chloe Veltman covers arts and culture for KQED. If you liked today's episode, share it with a friend. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to help people find our show. This episode was produced by Devin Karayama and I'm Erica Kuskavara. We'll see you Wednesday. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.